Corin Shreyal, Five Scotland. You're listening to Films and Swearing, a movie podcast with your hosts Stuart Sullen and Magic Mike Christie. Hey. Welcome to episode 180. Oh, oh, oh no, oh no, we fucked it, we fucked it. That was the, we were doing so well at like 30 well, seconds. Well, we should say welcome back. Yes. But it's been For, too damn long. Between me and you, it has been three, three weeks. weeks, exactly. To, to the listener at home, it should just sound like we've never been away. I know. But, aye. Maybe we're... Fully rested. No coughs? Are you, is your cough gone? Yeah, I've kind of noticed. Aye. Mine's has disappeared. I, I don't have a cold yet, but both my boys are choked with the cold, so uh, it is imminent that it will yeah, hit me. Yeah, so the next few podcasts will so be. Yeah. <laughs> when I edit these podcasts back, it just seems like we're doing lines of coke. You just say... <laughs> that, um, when, maybe an hour and a half, two hours before we were landing and... Orlando. I reckon if it was just because of the plane, but like my sinuses were playing up to fuck. Like Aye. I couldn't stop like fucking like like that and like clearing my throat and I feel like I had something like stuck Aye. in my throat and I was like, Didn't give me the fucking cold here for the next ten days. <laughs> so don't you dare. Aye. But like forty degree weather with like trackies on hats, hoodies. Got the shakes. I know. Oh, look at that junkie. So I'm not, I've got the cold. <laughs> but now nah, I saw, like that, I saw that sell out like pretty much an hour after we got off the plane. Ah, well. So I think it was just me, I met say the plane and just everybody. Nah, because I'd say you'd imagine it if you're on a fucking plane, you're in a tube with all these other people and their conditions. Yeah. Right? Oh, you're just stuck there with all their coughs and their farts. Just yeah. contained. And a giant flying tube of Pringles yeah but so aye uh, as you can tell we're talking absolute fucking rubbish this is an off season episode yeah where we're just going to catch up talk about what's happened what we've seen what we've got coming up and take it for there mm. so one of the first one of the first things we've got down to talk about is the passing of Margot Kidder mm most famously known as the first on-screen Lois Lane. Yeah, over. Mm. You okay? Ah, it was just a lot of. The beer's coming back. I know. I think why I just want to go on the Snapchat. That's not what I was looking up. Are you looking for a Lois Lane filter? Are you? <laughs> just crossed eyes. <laughs> I think there's a. I was. I googled her name last night just so I could do my notes. And the first news thing that came up was the fact that. Meth addicts have been raiding her house since uh, she's died. It's like, no. that's so fucking sad. This woman's died. <laughs> this is no the time to fucking pillage her goods. I like, know. Ah, we'll just take all this. Like, fucking meth heads. I mean, I know it's always a shit thing to talk about, but you think when she got up there, she was greeted by Christopher Reeve on horseback. Mm. <laughs> 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 I would spat out that tin. Um, only if the horse is also dead. But I think, imagine as, as soon as that accident happened to Christopher Reeve, that horse got turned to glue. Eh? Like you killed Superman. Well, yeah. you reeved Superman. Yeah, because like Andy, I still remember Andy like cries 
everything you mentioned the word reaved well how was it it was fucking stone cold's interpretation of it when he landed on his neck he's like oh fuck did I just get reaved <laughs> I do not know how that made it to air I know like somebody off camera is like Austin I just say crippled don't don't need to that's not he was Superman you know that's not all he was famous for was getting reaved uh, but, aye uh, let's see so let's have that is the still shot of Margot Kidder in the gravy train it looks uh, rather top heavy alright I don't know why this is IMDB's profile which is a picture of her with her massive boobs mm. what what she wants to be remembered for now her top four could you guess well uh, it was Superman I know she was in the Amityville Horror mm-hmm. that's two out of four I've still not seen that though Um, she was in another horror film that I can't remember ok uh, we've got Superman 2 and Black Christmas Black Christmas that was it mm-hmm. I know she was uh, what's his name? He played Doctor Sam Loomis in Rob Zombie's Halloween. He played played his assistant in the second one, I think. Hmm. I thought we were talking about it on like Twitter and Instagram. Aye, she's got one hundred and thirty-five acting credits. So well, I imagine she's done a lot of a lot of TV mixed in with her her acting. Let's see. Her last credit was in 2017 in the neighbourhood. But I think let's... Oh, was she 70 or 69? Passed away in her sleep on the 13th of May. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I'll have a little scroll, see if there's any notable titles. Black Christmas in 1974 is Barb. Superman in 1978, The Amityville Horror the following year, Superman 2 in 1980, I mean, she's doing a lot of films, but I've never heard of half of them, yeah. Superman 3 in 83. Was that the one that had Richard Pryor in it? Yep, I could see him on the poster. <laughs> to be honest, I've never properly watched a Superman film from start to finish. Yeah, I was kind of remember some of the scenes, like I remember it at the the second one where it's all the people are all in black and they're walking about aye because the first one is Gene Hackman plays yes his dad no no. Gene Hackman plays Mar- uh, Marlon Brando plays his space dad aye and Gene Hackman plays is he the bad guy Lex the villain Luther. aye but the only part I remember of him in the first one is when he reverses time Oh, he flies around the world in reverse. Aye, because she I mean, dies at the end of the first one. Ah, right. And, see, and then he reverses time by flying around the earth and basically reversing time somehow. Aye. Because let's not think about science, kids. Yeah. I do mind when there's like bridges falling and he would just bridge the gap and then the train would just drive over his back. Aye. No problem. And then saving like a kid's falling down a well yeah. or something. Saying that, like, I, I, I didn't bother with the 2006 one that Superman Returns with it the one that Kevin yes. Spacey is aye aye with her. and I've only What's ever watched name? Man of Steel maybe once or twice right aye 
Because that, like that also had like Michael Shannon and the guy who's ah, in he black. Played, uh, General Zod. Yes. Uh, she was a narrator to a bunch of Wizard of Oz films. Alright. There were four in 1987. Mm. I wonder if they're just shorts. The Emerald City of Oz, The Marvelous Land of Oz, Ozma of Oz, and The World Wonderful Wizard of Oz. So it looks like four animated mm. films. A mob Story from 1989. White Room, 1990. Uh, she appeared in Tales from the Crypts. Oh, she appeared in a, an episode of Murder, She Wrote. Oh. That, a classic. Mm-hmm. She wasn't a, She's. She probably earned her money in the seventies and then pretty much lived after that. Aye, because that's it. She's got a bunch of titles. She's done like a lot of animated shows: Captain Planet, Phantom Twenty Forty. But she was in two episodes of Ah Real Monsters. Remember that one? Oh, aye. Yeah. Silent Credo in 1997. The Clown at Midnight. Cry Rape. So pretty much a lot of straight to DVD. Nightmare Man. Yeah. Uh, Chicks with Sticks. I'm so glad it was Sticks. Sticks. AKA Hockey Mom. Ah, alright. The Box Collector. There's like a lot of films that... Uh, she was in Halloween too. Ah, ah you were saying. That, as soon as I said that, I was like, you just fucking tell me that a minute ago. I'm sure she played the like the publicist for uh, Malcolm McDowell's character. Ah, that's Barbara Collier. I saw uh, the original Halloween 2 in CEX today for £2 on DVD. Ah, right. And it's a bloody release. It really does. So... The, the, uh, through the 135 films there's, there's only like a, a handful maybe six or seven like the four supermans yeah a couple horrors uh, let's pull up a clip I'm assuming the royalties that she probably got for Lewis Lane exactly like, I'm assuming she probably would have got something back for even the TV show that I don't remember um, the, remember the TV show it was, um, it was called Lewis and Clark Aye, the the one with Terry Hatcher Aye, and Dean Cain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I used to watch that quite a lot. Hey, that was always on like BBC Two or something, Aye. wasn't it? Um, some of her TV appearances was things like that. Uh, she showed up in like Smallville, and Aye, right. if she was still well, that I wouldn't have been surprised if she showed up in like Supergirl. Because mm. same I'd, universe, eh? Ah, exactly. It's the. Uh, uh, but let's go for... I think it's a long clip, so I'll edit it down to the best bit. Here's one. Uh, Clark Kent meets Lois Lane. Remember How you doing? Jimmy Olsen, photographer. Oh, hi. Clark Kent, nice to meet you. He's got everything. He's got sex, he's got violence, he's got the ethnic angle. I mean, yeah, so is a lady wrestler with a foreign accent. Kent, can you open this? Oh, sure, Mr. White. This could be the basis for a whole series of articles making sense of senseless killings by Lois Lane. I mean, we get psychologists, we get psychologists, we get... Lois, you're pushing a bunch of rinky-dink tabloid garbage. The Daily Planet has a position. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Gosh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to shake it up like that. Oh, well, of course not, Lois. 
I mean, why would anyone want to make a total stranger look like a fool? Uh, let's raise the tins. <laughs> Rest in peace, Margot Kidder. I don't know if they got that audible clink, but respect has been paid. Do that, that or we start pouring one out for our fallen homies. <laughs> uh, let's talk about what films we've been seeing. Now, I'll let you go first. Right. Because <clears throat> I have just one film to talk about. All right. So we'll let you go, me go, and then you go, and then we'll head on. Alright, um, surprisingly I somehow caught a, a decent amount of films when I was away, mm-hmm. but a couple knew that I was unaware of, and a couple that I caught on like HBO and nights and stuff, mm-hmm. like Michelle could be like away at the pool for like a couple of hours, and I'm just sitting chilled, air conditioning turned full whack, and beer, and like what was it, it was on one, like Safe House or something. Um, but my main the last few months leading up to my holiday I was checking what films were going to be on the flight going and when it came April I checked the month because it would take a month in advance what's going to be on that month and the month of May they had Black Panther so I thought fucking yes mm-hmm. went on the flight to Orlando the one Monday and there was no Near Black Panther that we seen at all. Right. And I thought, could have sworn I'd seen it on the website or not. But I thought, oh well. So I ended up chucking on downsizing. Okay. And to be honest, I, I, you've seen it, eh? Yes. Aye. I didn't like it and they were nature what I thought I was. It was a wee bit underwhelming. Yeah. Like, yes. I seen me intrigued and it just, the whole film just felt like you're saying, like underwhelming, eh? Like no, that trailer is for a different film. Uh, is what like, I felt like by then. I, um, I didn't like Christoph Waltz's character. Mm-hmm. I thought that the character he played was really like. Well, I wasn't really expecting him to play that type of character. Aye, aye. And it was just I found it pretty boring, eh? Aye, and it's long. Ah, it's it? like two hours. A bit, eh? Aye. Like, to be honest, like, people were, like, that kind of, the trailer dropped for that at the same time as, like, the trailer dropped for Suburbicon. Mm-hmm. And people were hating Suburbicon. Aye. And I caught that at the start of the year, and I found that more entertaining and watchable than what uh, Downsizing was. Yeah. I, I I thought it would have been more fun, but it was, it turned into, it was like, it was almost like a fucking message about what you're doing with the world and uh, how are we going to beat fucking global warming and it's like this yeah. is not really what I, I signed up for I was looking uh, for it wasn't really much of a comedy either it wasn't it didn't have a lot of laughs yes I mean didn't get me wrong like I, I kind of did chuckle a wee bit when the Vietnamese women would talk sometimes like uh, the way that she talked was like really fast aye oh yeah I mind the bit where it's like you want happy fuck sad fuck Friend fuck. It's like not love. That's all. And it's like, man, I if she felt happy about like that that choice of accent. Yeah. Right where. And it was, the, it was the scene where he was fucking tripping on the drugs at the party. Yes, I mind like that. It was fucking weird. Um, I was to be honest, I quite liked Jason Sudeikis's character in it. Aye. Because he was his pal that convinced him to do it. Yes. And. <laughs> 
it's the whole like you think you're going to get this whole family thing and then like, I don't really want to spoil it but it doesn't go to plan when aye. they go to do the whole like process yes aye, that was and <laughs> I had avoided trailers so I never knew about that but I think that was given away in maybe the second or third trailer oh was it oh, uh, oh I've seen the first one that, we, that you've seen as well exactly we'll don't mention it anyway but when that realisation happens you're like oh okay aye. Because you click when you see the trailer. Yeah. Matt Damon cutting about you know his thing. Yeah. But aye, it was weird. It was like there. It was one of these films that there's a message behind it. Like, yeah. I didn't. I wasn't um, really looking for messages. Aye, one of the other ones I did catch as well quickly was um, all the money in the world. Oh yes. And to be honest, I'm glad they cut Kevin Spacey out because. I don't think Kevin Spacey would have played that role as again as what Christopher Plummer does. Mm-hmm. And it, he's a right evil, mean bastard in his film. Like, yeah. like he's. Like, I'm pretty sure I watched. I watched the trailer when they had Kevin Spacey in it, but I never watched the recut trailer. Yes. And I watched the recut trailer when I got him. And they show a lot more and they talk about how he's got the money to pay mm. the ransom, but. Just chooses he not to. Chooses to not like pay the ransom, and like as the story like unfolds, you kind of get like the reasons like behind it and stuff. Mm. Eh? And it is actually a pretty decent film. Right, it's like maybe just over two hours, mm-hmm. and there is some bits where it genuinely like it's fifteen twenty minutes. It's quite intense, and like Christopher Plummer was fucking superb, and I have to say, Aye. like he was really good. It's funny because it's gonna be like that film where we just really remember it for for the reason that Kevin Spacey got edited out and yeah. Christopher Plummer got edited in, mm. and you would think you probably would have joined in the performance or just yeah would have been there. Like, and I mean a weekend's work. He, it pretty much was a weekend's work because he wasn't in a lot of that. He was only in a few scenes. Right. But like it really was like a like almost like a tyrant. Eh? Like mm-hmm. it really was like a mean bastard in it. Eh? It's funny because I saw it in Sainsbury's now, and even the way it's packaged and sort of the tone of the film, it gives me like uh, Foxcatcher vibes, where it's like based on a true dark subject with like a real evil cunt in it. And the front cover that they've got, or the Blu ray, is like a, a navy blue with yellow writing, which was identical to Foxcatcher. Uh, I've still not seen Foxcatcher yet. I feel like that, it's kind of into that category of. of uh, bitter true stories. Yeah. But I'll get to it. I mean, when it shows up on Sky or or if I could borrow it through my work or something, I'll probably go for it. Ah, it was worth a watch, like. And it does. It looks it's for the best that Kevin Spacey isn't in it because I remember watching the trailer for it and when Kevin Spacey is like, he's got like old man makeup on. Aye. And it just looked cheap. Yeah, it just like had is, some... they've actually got an old guy who requires. Aye. How did they not no think about? So they probably would have cut on the budget a wee bit, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or so... do you think maybe the money that they spent on the budget for the makeup, they probably would have just paid that to Mark Wahlberg for that weekend's worth of reshoots. Ah, exactly. But think of it. When they weigh out the pros and cons, is it right? Kramer's asking for a lot, but we could get Kevin Spacey for cheaper and put old man makeup on him. Yeah. And think right, we'll do that, and is it? Mm, turns out he might have fiddled with some fucking eighties. All right, just get Christopher Plummer. But I, I'm glad because why? Why would you, like have a person, old man, when you could get 
older actors. Like there's these people that play the roles. It's like when they get um it was like gods of Egypt and they got a bunch of white people and colour them Egyptian. It's like there is also Egyptian in the world. They exist. You don't yeah. need to paint white people a different colour. Is that the one that had Jean no Jean? Uh, Gerard. Gerard. Gerard Butler was Aye. he like Egyptian? I think so. The Ridley Scott a few years earlier with the Christian Bale one. Oh, Exodus. Yes. Like, that was oh. all for white people that made the look Egyptian. Is it no the... I was watching a video earlier and it was talking about like, the like, controversial casting choices and they talked about that film Aloha It came out a few years yes. ago with Bradley Cooper and Emma Stone. Emma Stone played a Hawaiian girl. Yes. And she looked and sounded white. Yes. Like they dyed her hair blonde or something. Yeah. Aye, it was weird. And we, there was a... What's the director again? Is Cameron Crowe. That's it. Yeah. Ah, you wonder why people sign on to do these things. But then they were talking about the whole member when Matt Damon done The Great Wall. Yes. They were talking about like whitewashing that. Ah, why why does it take a white man to yeah. to do this? And then obviously they talk about like probably the most like historic one of all was Mickey Rooney playing a fucking Japanese man in Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh me so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got like the teeth and because back in the day, it was funny. It wasn't a racial uh, profile in yeah. this. Like, politi- political correctness was not a thing. Although they are talking about... Um, I think Kevin Spacey would have been shit in this film. Yeah. Oh, well. I'm glad he's not in it. <laughs> yeah. As bad as I said, I'm glad he touched the kids. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Controversial. Now, I... Shall I tell you what? Aye. Well, I watched. I received a review copy of because when I thought I was done, and I thought I was over, and I don't need to see those little mm. padded envelopes again with discs. Uh, I got Birth of the Dragon sent to me. Oh no! And to be honest, when I contacted them, I was asking for review copies. No, sorry, I was asking for coaching copies. I was wanting to give some away. I wasn't wanting to fucking write about the thing. Yeah. So. I thought, right, instead of writing a bit, I'll just talk about it on a podcast and I'll, we'll cry it quits. So, it was, and I mean, Birth of the Dragon, what it actually is, it's a, sort of like, uh, it's based on an art, like a, like a, a famous, an infamous fight between Bruce Lee and a Wolfman, who is a, like a Tai Chi master, Shaolin uh. monk from China. And supposedly they had a fight in a warehouse and there was only 12 witnesses. Uh. This got, it was like written in a, in, in a newspaper back in the day, well before he was an actor. He was still just trying to make his break in, <clears throat> in America doing uh. films. So this article got turned into like a 90 minute film and they just showed the, the word of it carefully. It was inspired by this article. So the story they made around it, I think the historical accuracy is like nonsense. Like probably didn't he do a lot of the things that he does in there, because for all the stuff like when we watched Bruce Lee films as a kid and all the documentaries that followed it, you had a kind of get idea of what Bruce Lee done. Kent he got into trouble with street fights, but some of the stuff they make him do in this film was a wee bit questionable. It's directed by some dude that I've forgotten. I've not written down, but he 
this was his second film. His huh. first film was The Adjustment Bureau. All right. He's he's more famously known as like a screenwriter. Seems uh. to have gotten like a about a dozen credits covering things like Ocean's Twelve, mm. uh, Born Ultimatum, and a few others. Uh. And it was it was on my radar when it first showed up because it looked like a decent film. It looked like the martial arts looked pretty cool. The guy playing Bruce Lee, an actor, cried uh, Philip. Mm. He looked looked the part, right? Uh. He kick about in black joggies, ripped black hair, like sort of like a wee bit of a bowl cut. And yeah. you kind of, you have that Bruce Lee look. You kind of have that. And he was doing all the poses and like the cat calling sounds he does and all his sort of the wee jog he does when he does his Jeet Kune Do. So he looked the part. That, that's like, that's half it. As long as he kind of looks like Bruce Lee, you kind of let yeah. him away with it. But the action sequences are a wee bit, it reminds, ah, it reminds me like what you got for like a martial arts film from America ten years ago. All right, like the soundtrack. Because every time a fight was about to start, it was like a knockoff uh, Kill Bill soundtrack kicked in. All right, and they were doing a couple like exchanges. They were fighting, and they would punch each other, and they would whip their heads around in slow motion to the camera as if the film was done in three D. I was waiting for like a stray tooth to come flying towards the camera, but and they threw in some wire work, which I found to be quite unnecessary. Yeah. There's a there's a moment where Bruce Lee and Wong are fighting on a staircase, and it, it's a whole thing. Bruce Lee's cocky, he's arrogant, he knows he's better than everyone else, and Wong is the opposite. He's cool, calm, collected. Uh, but he he's playing mind games with Bruce. So they're fighting, exchanging blows, going up this staircase, and they get to the top of the yeah. staircase, and it's it's just a drop back down to the floor of this warehouse. And Wong just glides off and glides back to the ground. Like, right out of something like Crouching Tiger. Like, right? And Bruce Lee's <laughs> looking at him like, how, what? And they have this run theme of, the reason that Bruce Lee can't be successful is because of, his limitations. He's limited to himself. Whereas Wong Jack Man doesn't have his limitations. This is why he could glide, I guess. <laughs> he does the same. And sort of glides down. He just does a jump. And a wee bit of wire work and it's uh. back down. And it's like two stories they're jumping. And they just glide back down. Lands safely as if they've just fucking hopped off a stool. And he looks at himself and... Well, Bruce does it and he's, he's shocked. Wong's like, see? You're, you're like letting go of your limitations. And then uh. continue having a fight. And it starts going into a bit like Jet Li's The One in the final fight where they're fighting. And it's like slow motion, so you get to uh, see the arms. And, and it's just like they start putting all these stylish, really stylish cams on it. And it's like, is it necessary? You could have just had them doing a martial arts fight, which was about 50% of it was just like a normal. Uh, and it's the thing where they cut the camera too often. Like If you counted it, you probably would have had like 30 camera takes for like a, a three-minute fight. Uh, where they needed all that. The film's entertaining. 90 minutes long. I actually quite enjoyed it. Because uh, it was just... It was, it was an easy watch. Uh, and there's a third character. And it's sort of like a... starts off as a student of Bruce Lee. It's a character called... Steve McKee. Uh, um, he is played by Billy Magnuson. Uh, so he starts off as Bruce's student. He reads up about... Uh, 
uh, Wong Jack man and finds out that he's leaving the Shaolin Temple and he's going to San Francisco. So he goes and meets him and he sort of becomes like his tour guide, showing uh. him the city, and he eventually becomes his pupil. But he's got uh, an attraction to a, a girl in a Chinese restaurant and you find out that there's a, like a, the triad scene where there's a, a, a trial leader, a woman called Auntie Blossom who handles all the, the gambling in the area and it's like one of his students gets into trouble, gets his head kicked in for no paying his gambling uh. debts and Bruce sort of comes in and says, nah, we're not going to do this, we're not going to have them fighting, there's no way any troubles with gambling. So he starts scrapping with people and they find out that the girls that work in the restaurants are all sort of like human trafficking. They didn't. They, they mentioned that you could either work in the restaurant or you could work in the whorehouse. Uh. Stay on your good behaviour and you work in the restaurant. So... Fucking Steve McKee wants to like free the girl, huh. like buy her out of her slavery and all this. And by the time Bruce Lee and Wong Jack Man settle the differences, they find out that Steve's going to try and like free the slaves. And this is the point where he thinks, like, did all this shit happen? Uh. Did fucking Bruce Lee free the slaves from the triads back in San Francisco in the sixties and live? Mm-hmm. Well, he never lived. He died <laughs> shortly. Uh. A few years later, but it was it was just weird because eventually Bruce Lee and Wong Jack Man team up, and then they take on the triads and right. kick their ass and fucking the like the white student gets knocked out with the first bottle over the head, so uh. he's rendered useless. So they all they all the fighting on his behalf, and they have like a, a wee Indiana Jones moment where the how. The guy's doing all the fancy moves with the swords, and then Indy just pulls out the gun and shoots him in the chest. Ah, right, right. They have a scene similar where Wong Jackman and Bruce Lee's got to the top of the staircase, the girl's locked up in the next room, and then these guys come out with, not nunchucks, but weapons, and they all start showing off how skilled they are at using the weapons, and both of them just punch them both and just throw them off a staircase. Uh. Like, easy as, because they made it look like a big boss battle was about to happen, and just fucking punch them on the chin. Ah. That's one of my like pet peeves for films. See when you get like a, a battle between a good guy and a bad guy, and then the two of them merge together to go up against someone that's bigger. Yeah, that's like one of the things that I I fucking hate in films. Mm-hmm. Like I know that that's the plot for Batman, Batman vs Superman. Superman. Yep, which I'm still I'm hopefully. Well, Which they gave that all away in the trailer. I know. So why cry at Batman versus Superman? I know. Yeah. But yeah, that was it. It's it's still on uh, Sky, and I think it's out on Blu-ray uh, soon. To be it was a it was a twenty sixteen release because I remember that we were promoting it for a while. Yes, their their logo shows up before the film starts. There's about five production companies like five different things all this that and the next thing uh, show up at the start and Cameron was asking me like what's all what's all this so uh, it took a lot of people to make this film uh, but I uh, WWE Studios was like the last credit that come up before the film started because uh, they handled I think they handled like the American distribution or, or uh, I think that's it because I think more or less they just bought it for release uh, so the thing is probably like because it's over stylized, uh, maybe if it was a little bit less, it maybe would have been a better, better film. Yeah, aye, because people think like the the Ip Man movies that Donnie Yen does are quite stylized, but this is twice as much. Aye. So they make the Ip Man films look so much more authentic, and 
in comparison as he fights Mike Tyson. Uh, <laughs> but aye, it's fine. If you've got 90 minutes and it's already started or something, I would watch it again. Uh, it's an easy film. Yeah. I'm kind of glad actually of getting around to watching it because I feel when I've got such a huge interest in Asian cinema, when things like that become readily available, I should watch it as soon as it uh, pops up. Because I, I mean, we were talking about a few weeks ago about like Black Mask and, yes. and all that. And like, I'd fucking happily watch that again. Mm-hmm. Aye, and it's weird because now you'd have to watch it. It'll have like a nostalgia thing. Like You just think of yeah. watching films for your childhood as nostalgia, but all that Asian cinema stuff was really things I was properly into about 10 years ago. Aye, uh, because it was a Legends of Hong Kong. Uh, Hong Kong Legends. Aye, uh, Hong Kong uh, Legends was a. Uh, I've got all the those company. DVDs in the attic. Like, you just, still got them, man. Aye, because... I wonder how much CS would give you for them if you were... It, the the costs vary. Some of them are more readily available than others. But some of them... Uh, hey, um, CX sell for 16 quid. There's uh, a like an old um, film called uh, Hapkido, which is just like a style of martial arts. And that one's it's not got really big famous faces, but there's like the bad guy for a few old Jackie Chan films is in it then a few notable female actresses are in it and Hong Kong Legends sort of released that towards the end before they, they were done uh. and I do think they must have made enough copies because every time you fucking see it they want at least 10 to 20 pounds for this uh. fucking DVD I just remember hiring it for love film and burning a copy for myself uh. and sending the disc back because I mean I mean, when you had the Hong Kong Legends and it was like Big Boss, Way the Dragon. Aye, I still uh, have that Bruce Lee box set. Uh, and it's like all the big Jackie Chan films, like Project A, uh, Meals on Wheels, I mean, Dragons I had, Forever. I had um, City on Fire. Yes. I mean, it was in prison. Aye. My Lucky Stars was the other one. And Mr. Vampire, like, it was amazing that so much of those films actually got released because uh, nowadays, it's it's weird. It's only like epic war films tend to make it across, or if it's something, it has to be like a crossbreed. Like there has to be uh, like Liam Neeson's in a, a South Korean war film called Operation Chromite. All right, and that was in Poundland. So I was like, ah, fuck it, it's one quid. So I've I've yet to watch that as well, but. I do love the days of going into Kokori and raking through shops to find like random Hong Kong legends, uh, especially in Cash Generator, or fucking uh, it was like Game Station and uh, and because they would just randomly appear and it was like before the days of just buying it online, you could like you go on the hunt to find uh, your fucking films. But yes, that was my my movie watching for. Most notable movie watching since we uh, last spoke. Uh, you got anything? Um, I did manage to see Black Panther. Yes. It was on the flick. Okay. And it was a very different Marvel film. Not it, because they were all black. <laughs> but it was just... It, I don't know. Like, I didn't hear like a proper like Marvel feel it because obviously you used to like... <clears throat> like the Avengers and like Captain like America a, and stuff. So like how Marvel have like a formula to their films. Aye, this was like even if this was like a standalone film, this would have been like just as good. Aye. And like like Ant 
Andrew Circus is in it and he's fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. And that, um, Michael B. Jordan. Granted, he doesn't hear all, like, I felt like he should have had a bit more screen time in it. Mm-hmm. was really good. Mm-hmm. Like, fight scenes because some of the humour was pretty good. Like, Martin Freeman was in it playing, like, uh, worked for the CIA. Yeah. And he was quite good in it as well. So, I'm quite looking forward to that again. Mm-hmm. That's it. I've, I've managed to acquire a copy and I'm forward to finally watching it because yeah. I've, I've sort of done it in... Because, obviously, like, I missed it at the cinema, but i seen a, I seen some of the Black Panther stuff when I watched Infinity War. Exactly. So, it didn't really spoil anything. Yes. Like, I knew, like, also, I didn't really know much of the story, like, as well, like, like Forrest, uh, Forrest Whitaker's in Black Panther as well, and he has, a like, a really good role as well. But, it's just, there's a lot of... Like the whole like like Wakanda thing, like I'm pretty right. sure they actually filmed the Wakanda scenes in Scotland, right? Or maybe that was Avengers. I can't mind. Ah, I do. I, I, obviously there is part of it in Scotland, but I'm not sure. But they could use camera effects because just the way it looks, ah, like you just it's like it's got a sepia tone to the battlefields. Or it doesn't quite look like. Because yeah. I think this we're not getting any more Marvel films this year, are we? And Man and Wasp. And Wasp. Uh, then that's it. I don't... I don't think that'll be as good as Aye. the other two. I'm, I'm, you're, you're just going to be watching it wondering when does the effect of Infinity War kick in. Yeah. Like, is this before Thanos snaps his face? Yeah, because... Like, I wasn't a big fan of Ant-Man. I thought it was alright. I don't know. I might, I might watch it again if I do decide to watch. The second one looks fun. I like ah. some of the... Do you see the trailer? Ah, it's like him on the truck thing. Like, yes, like, ah, like he's using like a wee a go-kart ah. or like a skateboard. And <clears> the same with the wasp. Uh, like the guy trying to run out of the kitchen and she throws a salt shaker then enlarges it and the boy just runs into it as it blocks the ah. doorway. And fucking, what's his name? Morpheus is in it. Oh, Lawrence Fishman. Ah, they've got the, the wee measuring thing where he, he talks about playing someday or... Gigant, ah, there's a character name I can't remember. He was saying he his record for was like X amount of feet as well. You and Ant Man was like sixty five feet, and it just cuts to a shot of him growing large in front of a boat going, "Oh yes!" <laughs> like he has like this weird laugh. Or like I can't believe I'm huge. He does it in Civil War when he tries like the giant man for the first time, uh, and he just has this weird laugh. Where he's like, <laughs> "Like I'm a giant, Daddy. What's happening?" Uh, Which is is instantly charming. So. I kind of look forward to seeing it, and but I do think the world will end if I miss it. Yeah, I know. Like I could, but I feel it'll have to have maybe an after credit sequence uh, that ties in with Infinity War. Mm-hmm. It just happen a fortnight before everything. Yeah. See, I never thought about an after credit scene for Black. I totally forgot. Because like, really... there will be something. Because and um, there's, I know when. Civil War ended, they put Bucky Barnes, Winter Soldier, into like a wee cryo chamber. Does he Aye. show up in Black Panther at all? Nah. Nah. None of them. None of I, the... I think, up, I think that might be one of the end of credit sequences was him Aye. being brought out or something. Because yeah. by the time you see him in Infinity War, he's he's just the white wolf. It's yeah. in the field. But it was like on the, on the plane, you had like the other like Marvel film they had was... Thor Ragnarok. 
Yes. I was kind of hoping they had Doctor Strange because I think that's the only one I've still not seen. Aye, and there's the perfect time to watch it when you've yeah. got nothing else to do and nowhere else to go. Yeah. Um, the Edinburgh Film Festival announced their programme Aye. for it. I think it's seventy second year. Aye. Uh, going. So we had a wee look at it. Now I did say this morning that let's drop down five films each. Yeah. I did try uh, when I was looking at it earlier to drop films down, and uh, I've got twenty one films. I I didn't make it through the full program, but I did drop down twenty one films I would like to have seen uh, in there. So did you, did you actually ask me to drop down five films because I didn't drop down anything? Uh, let me see. I think. You fucking did. <laughs> and what was your answer? Um, probably the ones I told you about yesterday. Like it's ones that <laughs> no, I've... I mean, you, like your response to me oh, saying that. Thumbs up at twenty past eight. I was still sleeping. All oh, right, that was like, that's you hitting the snooze button. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, it was just basically like I, I'd love to go and see like near dark again. What what's near dark? Near dark is. The Catherine Bigelow vampire from right. Bill Patterson's in it, mm-hmm. Lance Henriksen, and the masculine fucking female marine for aliens. All oh, right, aye. She played the mum in Terminator Two. Yes. Um, it was a, it was probably one of my favourite vampire films. It's, it's so dark and gritty, mm-hmm. but it's like Bill Patterson's fucking superb in it. Aye. Can't remember the character in it, but it's a film that I really want to see again. Because they are doing like a whole <coughs> horror like retrospective because as we noticed it's got Day of the Dead Day screenings Day of the Dead uh, The Howling Poltergeist uh, The Howling um, Nightmare on Elm Street, Street so like that's that's their like 11 o'clock every night another yeah and that's the whole reason why I'm not going to be gone because it's that fucking time of the night yes that's happened to us once before with Kevin Smith yeah, it's quite difficult to get back to Edinburgh once all the buses and trains have left, mm-hmm. and we're no we're no going to change our luck twice by getting into a car with strangers. No, we 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 survived the first time. I Let's know. not try that again. Yeah, um, but yeah, there there is a lot of films I would like to watch from it, but the big issue for us it's is getting the travel and every fucking thing needs to be like is being shown at half eight on like a week night and they're only doing two showings and it's always half eight somewhere it's like jesus christ you know giving us a chance to properly see these <sighs> films because that was like going to be our plan of attack was go uh, there see what films we can that day come back uh, and um, now one of the films i was looking at but then i realized it's on netflix it's network uh, film for the seventies. Oh aye, yes, because that's it. There's another one about like America and the media. Uh, There's another one of their themes, and I noticed, um, talk radio was one of them, and is something like is it the China syndrome? Oh, aye, and so there's all these ones in there. It's like again, to be honest, our these are probably actually really good films, but we've just never looked at them. Like. Uh, I've always heard about things like network, talk radio, and what was the one with Jack Nicholson? Jack Nicholson, fuck. Um, he, oh. To be honest, I'm not sure. And he's got like a, a hat. 
Um, shit, he's got like a wee like thing over his nose and it. What's mm-hmm. the fucking name? It's a really big film. Yeah. For the seventies, but I can't remember the name yet. Right, let's fast forward to when I have the answer on my phone. Sure, it's got fade on away. It's no it, Chinatown, so. is it? Aye, Chinatown. Chinatown. That was it. Yeah, that that's his. When you look him up on IMDb, that is the film he's known for. On there, actor Chinatown. Uh, Aye, because he is going a bit with a broken nose, isn't he? Yeah. Right, so I looked through the fucking program and I have listed quite a few films. As you can see, I have a little post-it note of where I should have been doing work this morning and I was sitting writing down parts of all these films. So, the closing night gala, there is a film called Swimming With Men. That looks quite, looks quite, I was going to like, fun. Sounds questionable when it's a film <laughs> called Swimming With Men. Um, British film starring Rob Brydon. And it, it, They've described it as uh, Full Monty and Speedos. <laughs> Rob Bryden is a middle-aged man who's had a relationship breakdown. Wife's thrown him out and his only solace is to kind of go... Swimming men. Swimming. And then he sees there's a poster for a, a men's synchronised swimming class. Right. And he decides to join that and he's then lumbered aside a whole group of men in similar situations. Uh. And he thinks if he manages to become a successful synchronised swimmer, he could win his wife back. Uh, so I think that might be worth a worth a one watch like <laughs> I like Rob Bryden uh, um, if you ever get a chance go on YouTube I don't know if it would be on YouTube but it might be the you know when you go and you're playing you have the wee video with the instructions and all that mm-hmm. British Airways have got um, Gordon Ramsay yep Ian McKellen, right. Rob Bryden, Gillian Anderson, right. like Tandy Newton. Okay. All these big fucking stars. Aye. Even, um, what's his name? No Peter Dinklage, but the other one. Not famous short person? Yeah. He was in Willow. Ah, yes, that cunt. Uh, I should know. I had my picture taken with him. Warwick Davis. Yes. Him. It's them giving the instruction, like like Mr. Bean's in it as well. Aye. It's maybe two, three minutes as a guy, he's, he's treating it like they're making a film. It's pretty funny. Like, Rob Aye. Bryden's in it, and Rob Bryden's pretty funny. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, it's it's probably worth a look, like, just Aye. to experience it. Mm-hmm. And that's it. With, with the people that they've got in attendance, Rob Bryden is going to be there doing, like, a, one of those in-person interviews. Oh, right. So you could paid to go see him talk for 90 minutes they've uh, got the that couple from True Blood uh, you know how we have Anna Paquin and her husband who was like the vampire it was like the two main characters oh, right, uh, we were a couple in show then became a couple in real life and uh, got married uh, the husband directed a film starring her so both of them are coming across with their uh, film to promote uh, a guy a Scottish actor called George Mackay who was in Sunshine on Leaf, he was in that Stephen King TV series uh, with James Franco, but the Kennedy shooting. Oh, uh, something like 20... Ah, it, it's the date it happened. Six twenty-two or something like that. Aye, aye, I've, I've forgotten it. And he's one of the characters aye, in right. that. So he's there promoting a film, and I think there's another couple of folk, but they were the, 
the the big star-studded names. Aye. Um, another one I'm interested in seeing is that John Cho film, Searching. You seen the trailer to that? No, I seen the when I was on the program on my phone yesterday. I was going past each film and it come up with like wee snippets. Aye. Of who was in it? And I went past that film. Uh, he's it's it's I think it's filmed in the exact same style as that movie Unfriended where it's all you're just watching like a laptop screen and it's him scrolling through our Facebook page doing FaceTime calls because his daughters went missing and he's looking on her laptop for clues so he's phoning our friends and it's all FaceTime or it's YouTube clips because he's trying to find a detective, so he Googles her, uh. and it's Deborah Messins, like the detective. Uh. And it's just him getting hysterical, because more or less he finds that his daughters know who she betrays herself as online. He's sitting calling all her friends, like, ah, we're not really friends, I accept a friend request, but I didn't really care any much about her. Mm. And, and he's playing old video calls, because he's, he's saved everything. and uh. So it looks pretty intense. And of course, every year they have the big Pixar movie. So uh, Incredibles 2. Incredibles 2. I love the first one. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually, I think that's probably my favourite Pixar film. Like, it was Toy Story for so long and The Incredibles just blew it away. Aye. So I'm looking forward to seeing the second one. Aye. Uh, there's a Scottish film, well, I, I, I say it's a Scottish film. There's a movie called Calibre and it's described as a weekend hunting trip in Scotland goes horribly wrong. Ah. That sounds alright. Uh, there's an American one called Bloodfest, and is described as a bloody fun horror romp taking place at a horror film festival. Alright. Uh, Ideal Home is a film with Paul Rudd and Steve Coogan playing a, a bickering gay couple who are thrusted into parenthood when uh, a child described as their grandson appears at the door holding a bag full of cash, cocaine and a bible. <laughs> so it's like we hear the plots of these things like ah alright I bite I'll watch it Look, just as like Steve Coogan and Paul Rudd as a bickering gay couple uh, just I'm getting flashbacks of like Birdcage uh, yeah. um, there's a documentary called Life After Flash did you see that one? nah nah it's just following is it Sam Jones isn't it? I face Flash Gordon. Ah, is it? That's yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah, so yeah. it's just following his career after he done Flash Gordon, I think. Sort of like all the fandom around the film. And the last one I got, because I never had time to look at them all, was uh, The Negotiator with John Hamm. That's a, a spy thriller set in the 80s. Alright, I thought it was a, like a remake of the Kevin Sam Jackson. I rented that for Walkers back in the day. It's a fucking great film. I, I was like, I'd convinced mum and dad to get it, and I didn't even why. I just like, had that fucking bright red cover. Aye, with the two of them on it. Aye, and I just mind holding the, the wee plastic cover. Yeah. Aye, that thing you would take to the desk. Yeah, the wee, the wee like, silicone case. Aye, with a cover in it. Yeah. Aye. I minded, like, finally, I was like, let's get this. And my mum was like, aye, sure. Like, yes. That's a great film. It's a fucking 15. Because uh, <laughs> that was like pretty much around the time where we were just getting to familiarise ourselves with Sam Jackson, we watching Pulp Fiction and Die Hard with Avengers, Die Hard and all that. Yeah. And it's like fucking just hearing like motherfucker constantly. Aye, and like your parents seemed alright. Like there was there, there was no like you can't say that. I switched the telly off. 
So, I. Uh, so they were some of the ones. I I I do. I'm trying to figure out like when we could actually go through because uh, with our Patreon money, we have enough because it's like twelve quid a ticket, uh, and we have about forty five pounds in our pot. Uh, so we could see about two films each. All right. So we could decide uh, what we want to do. I'll with to see what's happening at work. Aye, right. See if you could, because I think if it's probably just going to have to make it a weekend, or oh, I think how flexible you are with. Uh, I'm not sure what's because happening. Because weekdays are pointless. Aye. Because it's 8.30 or nothing. Yeah. So, but there's stuff there. Margaret's got a hen night on the first weekend, so Aye. that kind of rules that one out, because she'll be away on the hen Aye. on Saturday, and she'll be hungover on the Sunday. Yeah. So, but, so that leaves the closing weekend, uh, which is like the 30th and the 1st of July. Alright. Uh, so, uh, well, I think what I'll do is I'll have a look at what films are available there. Uh, but, no, we had a wee look at Twitter for questions. Aye. Uh, okay, so we got a, a, a tweet on Twitter. Sue McPherson asks, are you hyped for the solo film? Do you think Disney should only do individual films after this trilogy has ended? Well, we'll break it down. First one, Mike, are you hyped for the solo film? Um, no, I've, I've not really, I've seen like a quick 30 second trailer when I was at the cinema on Sunday. It never really showed any much, it was always a good thing. Yep. But I think it's purely because I've not seen like anything about it, mm-hmm. and I think my biggest problem is when I think uh, Han Solo, I think uh, Harrison Ford. Exactly, that's gonna be the biggest issue for everyone going in to see it. Yeah, and I'm I'm the same. I've seen a few trailers there, and it looks pretty cool. But the guy, the guy's got to convince me. Like, I feel like reading that um, Donald Glover playing Lando looks like you think that for the looks of it, it looks like this guy guy might steal the film. He looks like a lot yeah. more. Woody Harrelson's in it as well. Eh? Uh, Amelia Clark, Chewie, like they've got a lot of good fuck in this yeah. film. Um, obviously, it doesn't really play as a Star Wars film, though, does it? It's him before he goes exactly. involved with like, Luke and Leia and all that, but. Um, they're smart enough to include the Millennium Falcon in it, though. Yeah. Like, that could have been a something, like, by the end of the film, he steps foot onto the ship for the first time after winning it in a, in a bet or something. Aye. They could have just gave you none of it, but that's that's as big a character as well. Yeah. So. Plus, I was reading that yeah, they supposedly brought in acting coaches to help the guy. That's a shame. You'd think, based on his audition alone, he's good enough. Yeah. And... Uh, there was a director, like mine. Ah, the switch. You had the directors of the Lego movie, like ah, those two dudes. Yeah. And then it got switched to Ron Howard. Yeah. And I mean, I mean Ron Howard Ron, does get ah, films. I will try to think of really good. Other than Tom Hanks and all those Da Vinci films. Yeah. But. Like he, Ron Howard, he directed Bad Draft. Did he? Sure, he did. Mm-hmm. We'll find out. Um, but I like he's done quality work other than like Happy Days. Yeah. But, um, so 
Mate, I think we're going to see it. Yeah, hopefully I'll find my rota out this weekend and I'll see when I can squeeze it in. Yeah, so that's it. You could just drop me a text, I'm sure. I think other than Because I'm usually home at like half seven. No. And that's even if it's like an eight o'clock show and that's fine. I'm positive it's an eight o'clock show for us. Um, But I, I think I'm fine for most nights other than a Wednesday. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing it. Uh, now, second part, do you think Disney should only do individual films after the or the trilogy has ended? Because obviously we've got seven and eight done, so we've got nine. Nine left. So, it, it just depends. What more stories do they need to tell? Yeah, well... It's, it's not like Marvel in the sense that they have such a giant catalogue of characters, like well-known names that they could pull from and make yeah, solo films about. you would obviously, like... You couldn't have a standalone like R two D two film or C three P. Aye, and or... you're not gonna get a Leia one yeah. unless unless you young cast that again. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, we've all we've pretty much had young. No, we've had young. We've had, we've had young Darth Vader. Aye, that's the whole prequel trilogy. Like, the, you can't even tell that that would be a remake. Yeah, at you that can't point. really. You can't really do a Obi Wan Kenobi one either because you had that in the prequels as well. Yeah, so like those stories have been told. Um, so could you have a young Luke Skywalker one because obviously the prequel ended him pissing about on a farm because <clears throat> the prequel ended with him turning with him turning his Darth Vader eh? hmm. well it just depends what story because uh, I think what ones they did announce I think they did tease that Boba Fett could have been a character that they could have fleshed out because he just looked like the bounty hunter uh, um, like, ah I fucking love the Fett Exactly. So there's like that's a story you can sell, and it's a dude in a mask. Yeah. So that could. Let, did you ever see him without no. the mask? No. See, that makes casting so much easier as well. Yeah. So hopefully, it makes up for him getting killed off like a bitch in Jedi. Exactly. That's like. It's I do want though. A standalone film of Salacious Crumb. Oh. <laughs> Just that. that for two and a half hours, and I'd be like, "Fucking take my money." Oh, you and you only. Yeah. Um, I mean, I reckon what's his name, Jabba the Hutt. I think he can't have a bit of giant space slug. Yeah. Um, um, there's no really anything else like Lando. Depending how really, you kind of really got the whole, um, like the first order and like the. Actually, <clears throat> if anyone else is wondering, yes, the cat does does have a new bell, and it's, that's why you sound slightly different, kidding yeah. about there. Um, like you can't really have one of the oh fuck. See, in the first one, you had you had the Rebel Alliance, yep, and then you had the other group. What was the other group? Fuck, I don't know. Because you can have that because does that know what um, Rogue One is? Aye, sort That's of. That to do with the Death Star, I've still no fucking seen it yet. Aye. Now you're, you're going to crack the plastic on that soon. Oh, well. Um, we know they have other trilogies announced, like Ryan Johnson, who done Last Jedi. Yeah. They did say that he's going to do a trilogy of Wars films. And you felt that Last Jedi kind of was leading into it because you had three kids on a farm yeah. Uh, who was telling story, stories of uh, them saying, Luke's Jedi Master. 
and he was doing all this stuff and then yeah. the alien came in and shooed them away and upon watching it again I noticed at the very end of the film a lot of folk either missed it or saw it but the kid uses the force to pull a broom to his hands ah I've seen that I never noticed that when we saw it in cinema it wasn't until I'd watched it at home I'm like oh now uh, Stu's second part to this tweet asks us what TV shows are you binge watching or just found and started watching he mentions he's always that he's been rewatching Always Sunny and he's heard Stan Against Evil on Fox. Uh, I've been watching it wasn't much because it was only four episodes, but Netflix done a like a crime documentary series called Evil Genius. I've seen folk tweeting about that, and it's fine because it's like four forty-five minute to one hour episodes, uh, and of course it's it's pretty shocking because there's like a dude that's forced to rob a bank against his will and he has like a, a neck brace on with a bomb on it uh, and th- he dies obviously he, he realises he doesn't get what to do so he just sits down on the road in front of like a police car just asking for help and then eventually the bomb goes off and they, they fucking show it like they kind of cut away but by the end of it they just kind of show you what uh, happens and it's quite grisly but uh, then it it kind of backtracks and tells you the whole how it led to that who, who were most likely people responsible, and then each of the paths to the people, and there's like I love how they they managed to pull things like telephone calls and because you think second episode's about to finish, and then this guy phones in ratting out all these people, and they've got all evidence. Go have a look in our fridge freezer. There's a body in there. I know there's a body in there because I helped them fucking put it there. And the episode ends like no, I need to know about this body. Next episode now, because we watched like one part on friday but i was a bit drunk i like i was too can down i was back from my work uh-huh. sitting there falling asleep on the couch and i didn't think the guy had died with the bomb until margaret was like jesus christ like <laughs> she just fucking and I was like what huh? i'm up what's up happening we okay <laughs> terrorists what's happening the bairn being sick so there was that and i started watching American Gods but I don't think I'll stick with it because uh, I read the book on holiday well listened to the book on holiday and I enjoyed the book but the show just kind of made me want to watch Preacher I feel uh, like it's a similar show but a lot more fun so uh, we're halfway through Preacher we're on like episode 7 out of 12 uh, and that was a fun show there's this gag on it where there's this this guy that's in charge of like a, a weird group of people and they're all in white suits wearing red ties and the guy's got like an eye missing oh he's got like he's blind in one eye he's got a big scar down his face and he talks about it, he's like can I and he's dead serious and he's just like they hire me like a prostitute to rape like you know one of those types like no means yes and like his, his underlings like yes sir and they're getting telephone books and trying to figure it out and the phone and he's like right we're looking for professionals uh, where no means yes. And it cuts to like a scene later on in the episodes and he's sitting and three guys walk in and they're looking at him and he's like, can I help you? They're like, we're the professionals. He's like, what? We're the professionals you ordered. He's like, no, I didn't want this. He's like, no. And the guy's like, you hear what the boss says? No means yes. And it cuts <laughs> to the next bit the guy's face down on the table getting pumped by these three guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh uh, see this is what American Gods is missing this this dark humour 
Where this guy who like head of an evil corporation was getting fucking shagged up the arse on his desk. <laughs> just as soon as the boy says, you know what the boss says, no means yes. And the guy's like, no, no, no. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. Uh, what about you? TV um, shows you've been watching? To be honest, I've kind of like, I've given up with TV shows recently. Like, I still need to finish season seven of Game of Thrones. I still got a year to go. Season exactly. Um, there was a TV show that I was watching when we were away, and it was on the Food Network, and it was called Guys Grocery Games. Guys Grocery Games. Ah, it's a guy that does like that diners driving and dives like cooking show thing. Okay. And it's basically the bringing. Three judges, and they bring like a professional, like chef or whatever. These people they've got to create, like dishes using certain ingredients and all that. And then, the first one gets eliminated. And then the second one has to, I think, say, I think they have to go up against the professional. Mm-hmm. And if the professional wins or whoever wins, has like a twenty grand shopping list to like find these specific items mm-hmm. and for every item you find it's a couple grand I don't know your profit and that Aye. but we never obviously finished it because like it was weird it was like over there you would watch an episode at like say 7 o'clock at night and I'm not kidding by the time half nine, ten o'clock comes it's the same episode on again Aye. so you want to kind of get in the Conclusion. Aye. Uh, um, so we were trying to find it on here, but we, we couldn't even, couldn't even find like, streams it on Cody uh, or like, Netflix or that. Yeah. I like find myself watching episodes uh, Always Sunny sometimes. I was just have fun watching a wee bit of a laugh. Mm-hmm. Although I've, I still need to finish. Um, I did start season three, uh, Chef's Table, the pastry one. Ah, yes. Watched the first episode, so I still need to finish that. Mm-hmm. But I think that's really been it. Aye. That's I'm hitting miss for shows. I did notice that Michael C. Scott has got a new one on Aye. Netflix called Safe. Yeah. Uh, the trailer looked decent, but it's just weird watching him with like a British accent now. Aye. Because oh, you just got a British accent. In Aye. It, it's it looks like it's set in England, and you just look at it and think, Dexter. Then he talks about my daughter is missing. Like you, you sound weird. You're not uh, Dexter, but you look like Dexter. But yeah, it looks alright. That's we might start. It just depends how many uh, episodes, how long. I, uh, I think it's just like obviously I watched like all the Sons of Anarchy, like fucking Lost. Um, like did you walk, go through like, Breaking walk, Bad? I yeah. Uh, Walking Dead, I gave, I, I'm literally two episodes into season seven and that's as far as I go. Like, I have completely lost interest in it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's purely because it's no all about zombies anymore. It's just the mm-hmm. conflict between fucking, like, humans. Like, what's the point of calling a program The Walking Dead when, like, your biggest fucking storyline is, like, two adults fighting each other? Aye. And what was it when we that kind of fell off the wagon, just sort of like after the, the hype of the Negan stuff, uh. like when you seen the result of who he killed, and then the following episodes, and his the way they're telling the story, it was just like this is becoming a chore. 
And like, I, I'm, like, I thought the first couple of scenes were good, and then I kind of lost interest. At the end of season four, when they killed the governor, because I thought the governor was brilliant. Eh? Aye. And then I was like, oh, fuck this. Eh? I think it is now time for us to announce that we will be, our next season will be a 10 episodes, 90s season. Uh, it's what we did last year. We covered 10 episodes of the 80s. And we're doing the same this summer, but going through the 90s. It'll be a mixture of joint reviews and... Uh, yeah, we're doing five joint ones. And five. Five sort of like soul like, reviews. Uh, like Where the two of us will be talking about one film. So we start off with 1990. Yeah. And it is... Well, we're going to draw the films out at half. Yeah. We have four choices. Uh, Mike, your choices were... Uh, let me get this conversation up. Because the way we done it this year was we picked four... F- we, we picked two films for each year, like each. Aye. It was a film that we had seen and a film that we hadn't. Mm-hmm. So, um, let me... And I've changed one of my picks. All right. Um, my picks for 1990 were Total Recall and Wild at Heart mm-hmm. and the years it was Flatliners not the current remake yes. and Hunt for Red October mm-hmm. I am replacing Flatliners with Bullet in the Head so 1990 right. John Woo film alright I have it on DVD so don't need to worry about availability All right. it's there I just wanted to see can why, because I could I could get access to Hunt for Red October easily, but when I looked, <laughs> I don't think I had um, Thingway. Flatliner. Aye, so I thought right. I've got Bullet in Head on DVD. Fuck it, let's throw like a, a right. one of the big John Woo films in there. Right. So let's we'll we'll yeah. get these films and draw them out of a. We say a hat. We just chuck them on the table and pick them up. Okay, so Michael has got four films rolled into little balls. Let's chuck them on the table. Uh, right. I've picked my one. Hold on, cat. Like the anticipation. The yeah. cat wants to know. Okay. Let's see what Mike's got. I'm born pass. <laughs> Uh, I've got Wild at Heart. Wild at Heart. And I have Total Recall. <laughs> there you go. First episode of our 90s season, Wild at Heart and Total Recall. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Look forward to that. That yeah. will kick off our 90s season. And, I mean, who doesn't love the 90s? Uh, so, see that cat fucking loves the 90s. I know. Um. Uh, Actually, I, I saw a copy of Rico and CEX today. I've got it anyway. And it's one of these old DVDs where it's a landscape cover. Uh, where it's like the blue poster and it's like an eclipse, like a sunset style. And then on the back, all the fucking plot and everything's all in landscape as well. Uh, it was weird. It was like fucking pennies, but covered in uh, fucking stickers. It's also been pre-owned like three times already. <laughs> So I never bought it. To be honest, I think I was looking for fucking Running Man. Uh, Arrow were announcing films on Friday. I left gifts of both 
uh, Clue and <laughs> Running, Running Man, Man on their page. <laughs> One of these days. To be honest, ladies and gentlemen, that's it. Mm-hmm. No fancy ending with spiels and plugging this, that, and the next thing. It's an off season. We're off script. Ladies and gentlemen. Season and 90s. Aye. Fuck off and tune in next week. <laughs>